0: Let's talk about the impact of Black Lives Matter this summer now that our children are back at school. Let's also discuss how well our children are doing in school. What about this year's GCSE results? This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast. Welcome. This week we've got an interview or should I say a conversation with somebody who I would say is a pillar of the community. You know, he's giving back, he's, he's invested a lot of his time and his life um, to support young people um, in London. So yeah, I'd put him down as a pillar of the community. His name's Mr. Peter Sango. Uh, he's from Hackney originally, and he works in the Sacred Heart Catholic School in Camberwell. And he's been there for the past 20 years. Well, he's been in teaching for the past 20 years doing a sterling job with the community. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Peter Sango. Hi Peter, how are you doing today?
1: Hi Pablo, thank you. I feel very honored in you allowing me to come on your show today. And I hope um, we will have a good conversation over the next 20 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Don't mention it, don't mention it. I just appreciate you being able to be the first um, person to join me on Pablo's podcast. Uh,
1: wow! So I'm like I'm like the guinea
0: pig of all of this.
1: But <laughs> it's okay. I'm used. to, I'm used to be put in, put in put in front of people to do these kinds
0: of things. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think we're both guinea pigs in this. To be fair. But yes. <laughs> so, um, so you you work in the Sacred Heart School. Um, do you want to just give you a kind of summary about you, you and who you are and what you do? Oh right.
1: Oh myself. Um. I've been teaching for the last 20 years. I'm a PE teacher. I'm a senior teacher at Sacred Heart School. As well as being a teacher, my main role is intervention and discipline of the of the pupils I teach. So my role, I've got a dual role in in the respect that I'm I deal with being a teacher first, but also to inter interventions coordinator in which um, I take groups of kids who are we would deem as being failing and doing extra classes with them.
0: Okay. So, so those are the kids that, you know, maybe if, if you, if you can't get through to them in the way you want end up going into Proust.
1: Not really, you know, not really. These are the kids, um, very bright kids, mm-hmm. but, um, they're just lazy. Okay. Lazy, lazy, lazy in the sense that they're not doing their coursework. And you know what I mean? They've got a very laid back attitude. Okay. But they're very intelligent kids at the same time. Okay? You normally come across these kids as, they, will, they won't do much, but they'll do enough to get through the exam. Do you understand? It's those kind of kids.
0: Right, okay. Okay, so they're not, they're not on their way out of the system kind of thing. Oh, no, no, not at all, not at all. Okay, all right. So how, how did you get into teaching?
1: Oh, big question. Um, I haven't come out of the army after six years. Using the um, army? Oh yeah, I was in the army. Okay. For six years. So after I left the army in '94, okay, I came out. i um, not knowing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to go back into further education because before before I went into the army, I was in my first year of A levels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I decided to, I didn't want to go. I I thought I wasn't um, mature enough to go to university at that time in my life. Right. After joining the army, I came out, and I was just at a dead end, what to do. i um, done a couple of coaching courses, Come through a friend of mine, he was doing it, and I thought, oh, that's a, that's a good idea, so I started to do that, okay, I then went on to do some youth work,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: from youth work, okay, I went into
0: teaching after that. Okay, wow, what a journey. So, in the yeah. army, I mean, did you, see, did you see any action out there, was you... Involved in yeah, anything?
1: I mean, I from um, 1987 to 94, um, I saw two, two tours of Northern Ireland when they had big trouble over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've been, I've been there twice and it was, um
2: it was an experience. Yeah.
1: That's what yeah. you have to say, it was an experience. I could imagine. Especially being a soldier and being a black soldier as well. So it was, like, it was kind of like a double jeopardy for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, you I mean you obviously you hear about people having tough times in, in, in establishments like that, you know, just based on the colour of their skin along with everything else. So I can imagine you had you had your challenges to deal with. Oh yeah, most most definitely. Mm-hmm. But um
1: Battalion I was in was a Queen's regiment in which there was there was um well we had we had about twelve black Black guys okay. or black soldiers at the time I was in. And to be in the army with 12 black soldiers at that time, that is a lot. Right. But this was the 12 who stuck together, in which we were nicknamed the brothers. Ah. So meaning at, lo- at dinner times and that we'd all sit around the same table. We would go to each other's room, play dominoes. And, you know, we, we bought we a brotherhood amongst within the army, but within ourselves.
0: Okay. Oh, that's beautiful, man. That's, that's so, you know, obviously you had that camaraderie um, and you look out for each other on every level, I could imagine being um, that you were 12 black guys.
1: Up until this day, we keep in contact with, with each other. That's and cool. once a year, we meet up um, and we have a good old little natter and we have a good little reunion together. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, just black, it wasn't just a black soldier, there was a few white soldiers who we meet up with as well. So I oh. want everyone to think that the blacks just stuck together and it was just dead. We had a, we had a few white, white guys amongst our little comrade as well.
0: Okay, all right. So so coming from, from Hackney, I mean, did you, any of your peers, did they join the army at that time or was it something that you kind of did that was out of the no, ordinary? No,
1: me, me and two of my friends were meant to go. I was the only one who went, they, they pulled that last minute.
0: Right. But later on, there
1: were some more guys who went. Okay. Yeah, who live local
0: to me. Okay. And then, so you, you come out of the army and then you got into teaching. You found your way into teaching. I found my way into teaching, yeah. But I wasn't,
1: I wasn't really, it wasn't something I was going to go to. I was going to go into more um, working in a gym and doing things like that. I'd done a few gym courses. Yeah. So I was going to go into that. It's just that um, someone said to me, oh, try teaching. Wow. And, um, yeah. I started go I went to college on an access course and I remember it was a careers office it was a careers um lady.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She um she read my statement and she said, This is very impressive. Okay. Not knowing um years down the line she's the mother of um the actor Kano. Oh right. Okay Yeah, it's his mum. Okay So yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and keep in contact with right her here and then but she was she she really inspired me yeah. to go on teaching. And I was thought, mm, yeah, cause She after reading my statement said, Oh, you write very well. I said, oh, Okay, th- thank you kind of thing. I felt flattered. Wow. Yeah. So but then she was she was a single black woman with a little child, not knowing this child is to grow up to be he's an actor. He's a he's a very good actor like that.
0: Yeah, actor and musician. Um, musician. Kano. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. Part of the crime scene, so he, he's found his way through as well. Excellent. So, I mean, if, if you had to advise somebody who, who wanted to get into the teaching profession today, moving forward, um, what, would you, what would you... How would you advise them? Somebody that's still in school and they want to get into teaching, what route would you tell them to take? Well, all I would
1: say to them is, um, if, you've got, if you've got a dream, mm. okay, don't anyone put you off this dream. You could be anything, you could do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? you just have to have the confidence okay, and determination and willpower mm-hmm. okay? and you can go on to be successful in anything you want to do okay. and the teaching profession they're calling out, they're calling out for people yeah. okay? but they're not just calling out they're calling out for a certain type of person as well because I work in the inner city I could relate to them because I'm from the inner city however they need more people who they can relate to Okay, okay. Once they relate to these people. Okay, you'll find that you'll get more, you'll get more out of them. Mm. Okay, because so, in my school, I could tell them to do, I could get them to do things other teachers can't get them to do. Why? Because I've related to them. I don't, don't talk to them as they're, they're the pupil and I'm the teacher. We talk about all kinds of things.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, also, they know I'm from, I'm local as well.
0: Yeah, I think okay, they call so, that cultural competence competency. Yeah. You know, and they just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just attached to me. Mm. But don't um, think I'm soft
1: on them because I'm not. I'm more hard on them because I want them to achieve their goals in life. Yeah. yeah. And often the teachers say, well, but you shout at them, you do this to them and Christmas time, you see how many cards and presents I receive from these kids.
0: Mm. I can imagine. You know? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? The teachers can't, they can't, they can't understand so you have a way of building rapport with them based on you you coming from where they've come from. The rapport I've got with them is a natural rapport. Mm.
1: Do you understand? Where I see I always say I always advise young teachers coming into the profession, they're not your friends. Mm. Because if you've got to make your friends, when it's time for you to discipline them, you're gonna be you will have you to have problems.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. So don't don't watch what I do. Mm-hmm. I could sit down, have a joke with them, but in a classroom it's a di- it's different. Mm. You know, it's completely different. I'm there to do a job
0: to educate them, and that's what, that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not there, I'm not there to be liked. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, obviously, you said about um, be motivated and stick to your dreams if you want to get into schooling, but what, what are the practical steps they, they need to get? Like, what sort of marks would they need to get? What kind of, what would be the route after school? Would they need to go to college? Would they need to go to uni? Right.
1: Would, well, basically, in school, when you get your GCSEs, we used to say get A stars to C in English and maths. Mm. Now, now that changes, changed. It's changed to numbers. So I would say get between a five and a nine okay. in English and maths. Because if you don't, employers, employers used to see, if you, can't, if you can't get the grades in English and maths, for one, for English, you can't, you can't read or write. For maths, you can't add up or subtract. Mm. That's the way I used to break it down to them. Right. So it's imperative that
0: you get these you get these grades. Okay. So the the new grading system, you said it's number, so what what are those numbers equivalent to to you sure, know, what right. the older folk so, are used to? So a five is is, is equivalent to a C, mm-hmm.
1: a six is equivalent to a B, a seven is equivalent to an A. An eight is equivalent to an A star. And a nine is equivalent to an A star star. So only um, 3% of the country gets nines.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, then mm.
1: Yeah, going on to that point about the nines, it was exam, it was exam um, day-to-day in school, which they all got their results. I had one girl, she got a nine for everything. Right, wow. You know, but I said to her mom, I said to her, I was having a little conversation with her mum, I said, even though without... COVID, she would have still got nine for everything. She was that type of child.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, she would have still got it. So she got what she deserved. Yeah, almost, most definitely, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so I, I did see some figures today from um, of, qual. Is that how you pronounce okay. it? Ofqual, yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they said GCSEs um, for this year, 2020, 76% of students got grades between four... And nine in england and 25 percent got sorry 25.9 percent of students got grades seven to nine and forty percent there's been a forty percent increase in the grades of nine uh, level nine since 2019 so so yeah so i mean considering the whole kerfuffle that's gone on with with this whole grading system and and how they were going to use the computers to and um, give the children the grades. Um, it seems to have turned out okay on the service surface for the young people. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, well, most definitely, because what they were going to use was called an aneurysm. Mm. So basically all the aneurysm is say, say maths and English. Mm-hmm. They will look at the school's maths results and English results over the last three years. Mm. And they would do an average to give the child um, an overall grade. However, imagine this school was a school which was not doing too good, but in the past year they turned things around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, well, that would be unfair because they're taking it from what the what the school used to do prior,
0: right.
1: To the new regime, mm-hmm. okay. Whereas my whereas my school, we're a high achieving school. We've had good um, GCSE and A level, well GCSE results for the last for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. and the last, and and good A level results for the last five years so it didn't really matter the kids they would always get the, they would always get the bit do you understand they would always get the good grades yeah yeah. because the school has been, top of, borough for, yeah, school's been top of the bar yeah the school has been top of the bar for the last 10 years as well
0: okay what, what's yeah. the demographic of the, the young people there? I mean I'm mindful it's Camberwell um, but yeah. specifically in your school what's, what's the demographic breakdown would you say
1: basically they're coming they're either coming from Brixton mm-hmm. or they're coming from Peckham okay and in between
0: there that's where, that's where they're coming from. And the nationality, are these? is it predominantly black, predominantly Asian, predominantly white? Black African, okay. but
1: black Nigerian African. Okay. They would make up about 60% of the Cold War. Mm. And then we've got the Ghanaians. Then we've got the Colombian. Then we've got the Portuguese. Okay. But we don't have a lot of white, well, white British. We don't have a lot of them, okay. not at all.
0: And it's a very... A very high-achieving school, by the sounds of it as very,
1: well. Very, 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 very. Now I'm not, not saying that the kids are angels, mm. okay, because often they keep telling me about their get. Ga- oh, the gang's in Peckham or the gang's in Brixton. Mm. But when they come through that gate, it's a different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, because my head is on the assumption, stick to the rules or get out of my school. Oh. Find a new school, as he always says.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. Okay, so it keeps them in line. So, I mean, yes. like you said, being in... Kids coming from Peckham, from Brixton, and you being based in Camberwell, and, and the kids speaking about gang life and gang culture outside of the school. Um, how has youth violence affected the school? Um,
1: um, that's, a, that's a good question. What they do, what, what happens out in, in Peckham and thing, we don't allow them to bring it in school. We may hear about it, Okay, but we never allow it to come into the school. Hmm. In in terms of we do regu- regular um, locker locker checks. Okay, we've got the right to search them randomly. Uh huh. You know, and we're through our police liaisons officer. We we get to know what's happening in the in the community as well.
2: Right.
1: So we're aware of what's 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 happening as well. And just you know what, just by talking to the kids, they'll let you know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you know what's happening. But they only, they'll only speak to myself and about three or four other teachers who they've got a, a different kind of relationship with. Mm. You know, so they always tell me, sir, this happened at the weekend. It was so-and-so, so-and-so. Okay. You know? Okay. So-and-so in school's got a problem with it. I think they're coming up to school for them. Mm. So there'll be enough time to tell the police liaison officer, listen, I think boys from Brick, to brick are going to come up to school for a certain boy.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so make sure he's it, safe.
1: Yeah, we'll get him to leave early and there'll be a, a, a big police presence. Mm. OK, so limit something which could happen. We don't know if it's true or it's not true, but in this day and age,
0: you can't, you can't take any chances. Yeah, you have to put some safeguards in place for that. Yeah, for sure. So, so do, you, do you, I mean, my, one of the things that I really um, am passionate about is, you know, keeping young people in school, you know, even if they're finding it challenging in, in school and they're, they're, the, the teachers are finding those pupils particularly challenging, I think it's really important to keep them in school, you know? I mean, obviously you've got the PRU system set up for the kids that can't function within school, but it, it, it's yeah, really, it, it really is a, a feeder for, for the streets, you know, for grooming, um, and sometimes it's just a gateway to prison, pretty much.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, but in our school, we've got, we've got an internal um, exclusion unit. Mm-hmm. So there's a loads of phases they have to go through because we um, do something. We've got a system called Sims.
2: Okay.
1: heard of Sims. No. It does. It does um, registers. It tracks um, their behaviour and achievement. Okay. So if they get a certain number of points, they'll go into this internal unit. But we've got mentor, we've got a mentor in there, okay, who will speak to them. Other teachers will come in to speak to them as well. Right. Okay. In terms of their behaviour. It takes a lot for them to be excluded. I think we had about two or three exclusions last year, but that's that's very low compared to a lot of schools I know.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: okay. But we just got one thing, one policy will always stick. If you bring drugs or knife in a school, you're going to get permanently excluded. Okay. And I know the case for other schools.
2: Okay.
0: So you set you know, the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Those firm. two
1: kids know. If you bring a knife or you bring any form of drugs in the school, you'll be permanently excluded. Mm. No questions asked.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. No questions could be asked,
1: but that, that's, that's the, that is the one school policy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, boundaries is good, man. I, th- I think I think young people young people need boundaries at home and you know within school. So you know, being clear and firm from the beginning.
1: In terms of boundaries, we also we also do um, open door policy. So if any parents are having trouble with their kids, okay, they can come at any time to talk to us. Mm. So we've had in the past. I've had one kid. He don't want to do. He don't want to listen to his mum. He don't want to do no work or nothing. But he wants to be on his computer. Mm. Throughout the night and come late into school. So what we done? We just went around there and took the computer.
0: Okay. You know, we confiscated it from him. Mm.
1: And how, how did he?
0: How did he respond to that initially?
1: Yeah, well, he initially, well, what could he? He was shocked when we went when we went round there for it. Mm. But we tried to take it out on the mother. But after she spoke to us again, we just said to him, "Listen, you you, you need you need to fix up. Mm. You can't be on the computer." Um, to, to, to 2, 3 in, in, the, in the morning and expect to come to school late. Mm. It's just not on. Yeah. You know? So after a while, when he fixed up. We gave it back to him. But that's the kind of length we can go to. Yeah. Get, you know, get... the schools, they wouldn't do that. They're just interested in the kid comes to school, get marked, you know. Um, At the end of January, they get all the money from the government. Because, you know, each child in the school is worth between 11 and £13,000 each.
2: Okay, okay.
0: But schools don't get this money after January. After this January coming? After January January coming, yeah. Oh, the whole system's changed up, okay.
1: Yeah, they'll get it after January. Right, right, right. This is every every student. That's why you find a lot of these academies, they've got loads and loads of kids. Mm. Whereas my school's very small. I've got a school down the road, Peckham Academy. Mm. Okay, we've got about 210 in each year group. Yeah. I've only got 120, 125 in every year group.
0: Okay. So we're it's, a very small school. So it sounds like you, your school at Sacred Heart, they um, focus on quality more than quantity. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mm. We do focus on quality. As we have smaller class, because it's, small, it's on a small
1: slide, so we can't have that many kids.
2: Right, okay.
1: You understand? Oh, right. In yeah. school, schools, they just take the kids for the sake of getting them, for the money. Okay. Not that they care about the kids, mm. it's what they can get out of the government. Okay, okay. okay. You, more money if the kids are statemented, they've got a special education need,
2: mm.
1: or they were looked after kids. You get more money from the government from that, for them. But okay. well, so, not a lot of people seem to know this.
0: Right, yeah. Okay, so, so bearing in mind, you said that um, the school is made up mostly of, of children of African descent, it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do, do you see a difference in the way that uh, teachers deal with, say, young black boys when they're being their self, you know, is, is there, does that ever become a, become a barrier? Um, in our
1: school, not, not really, because mm. I've got the likes of myself and about three or four other black teachers mm. who, um, quote-unquote, are from the same background of these boys. Yeah. Do you understand? So I could put my hand around his shoulder and just say two words, for it, he'll go back into his class, if he was having a problem with a teacher in which there was some kind of, I don't know, disagreement or anything.
0: Yeah. You so, know what I mean? So, um, so it makes... That- do you think it makes a difference um, that there are black teachers in your school able oh, really?
1: to do that, yeah. does that? Well, yeah, they have to, that has to be, because young children are very impressionable yeah. and they look at role models. Mm. Okay, we are their role models. Mm. This is what they can aspire to. And I always say to them, I want you to do better than me. Meaning yeah. I'm a teacher, you can be anything you want. Absolutely. You know, they can be anything they want to be. Yeah. But, You have to keep reiterating you have to keep telling them Mm. okay you could do what you want to do don't let the color of your skin deter you from doing what you want to do
0: for sure for sure so do you with so that's with with black boys for instance i suppose some of this will uh be the same for black girls but is it is i suppose it's as important to have black female teachers in the school as well
1: oh yes yes we have got black female teachers and Mm. they're they they're as influential, uh, uh, sorry, influential as, uh, as I am. Mm. They can speak to them on a level, as I say, on a level.
2: Yeah.
1: So there's some instances they won't, they're not talking or they're not being, but they will tell me.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you understand? Yeah. They will tell me. So there's it's a... even there even there even instances in which they're playing up at home. Okay, they're not talking to their parents. Okay, the parents can't conversate, confiscate certain things, like their phones and that, which the parents bought. I'll just put out my hand and they'll give me the phone.
2: Mm.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so a different um, level
0: of respect for you as their teacher. Different level of respect, mm. but you have
1: to gain that respect. Yeah. All right, You have to gain that respect because we're all about manners. Mm. Okay, in the morning, good morning sir. how are you? Mm-hmm. But then we had, a, last year, we had a big drive on manners. The kids were saying, oh, but sir, some of the teachers don't say morning to us, so we're not saying morning to them. So I couldn't blame them. Right. So right. we had a drive on, on the teachers having manners and the kids having manners.
0: So they could reciprocate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Mm. You know, we're not going to say morning if you don't say morning to them, but they know. When they see me say good, I'm going to say good morning to everyone. Mm. And I'll have a little thing, mum? We'll have a, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll
0: keep the conversation going. Yeah. So how, how do you find it challenging if the, the parents are not in line with that? So you're, you're teaching them about manners and respect in school, but at home, the parents are not enforcing that at home. How, how do you deal with that? It all, depend, it all depends on the
1: parents and the, and the, and the child. But um, in general, because we've got a lot of... Um, I don't know if you know Nigerian parents. Yeah. They're very, very much... My child's going to do this. My child's going to do it by any means necessary.
2: Right.
1: And if the child doesn't buck up, all of a sudden, ah, oh, sir, they're sending me back.
2: Okay. What do they mean
1: by sending them back? Back to them
2: Nigeria. They'll
1: send them back to Nigeria for a year. Right. And they would, as one said to me, he will commit suicide rather than go back to Nigeria. Wow. Wow. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, but they know the consequence. Yeah. Mess up. You say you're going on holiday. It's a one-way ticket to Lagos. Yeah, you will see them in a year's time.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you do you see much? I mean, obviously, in obviously, people of African descent. Some people are coming from Africa, the continent of Africa. Some people's mm-hmm. parents are coming from the Caribbean. Do you see a difference in the way those two function?
1: Oh yeah, very very much so. I'm from I'm from the Caribbean, or mm-hmm. my parents from the Caribbean. I would say yeah, I'm from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not, I'm not happy at all. Okay. Okay, I'm not happy at all. Instance to instance today, the the young lady I told you about got all nines. Yeah, she's from she's from Nigerian descent.
2: Right.
1: Okay. Um, the self of one from my island, from my parents, from Dominica. Okay. He's from Dominica. Spoil leaves leaves when he wants. Mm-hmm. He, he let the parents take him on, on holiday two three times a year. Mm-hmm. He come with motorized scooter today. Didn't mm. do well in the exams, but it was just it was just a joke to him.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, it's just a joke to him, right? But I just—I feel embarrassed. We're from the same—we're from the same island.
0: Yeah. And do do you yeah. think that's do you think that is to do with the fact that they are coming from the Caribbean? Do you think that makes a specific difference? Because I'm, I could imagine not all Caribbean. No,
1: no I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I think um, I think um, African parents. Mm. Okay, and I'm going to speak, I'm going to say this, I don't care who's going to be upset with me, mm-hmm. okay? They're, they're, they want their kids to do good at any expense. Yeah. Whereas Caribbean parents, mm-hmm. okay, some Caribbean parents, let me don't generalise here. Just, just happy for them to just get through. Right. Do you understand? Yeah. Just... Whereas, whereas um, um, African parents want you to be the best that you can be. To
0: excel. And they will
1: push you and they will drive you to be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, some Caribbean parents, they're just happy, okay, you went to school, you got this grade, you're going to get this job. Whereas um, African parents, they're looking for their child to have this career. You will be a doctor, you will be a lawyer. You'll go to a top university.
0: Right. So they're more focused, they're they're more specific. They keep instilling this in in them. Mm. Mm. um, It's, it's, It's interesting because I, you know... At the end of the day, these are people of African descent, but by by the them being, you know, in the Caribbean versus coming from the continent of Africa directly, mm-hmm. you can see the difference that that makes, and and that's I suppose that's, 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 a, that's a deeper deeper conversation again. as to why that happens. Most definitely, I
1: think um, from the Caribbean, they've been watered down with the white European values, mm. way of life, whereas the Africans have had a harder life Mm -hmm. and they know hard hard life is right and they want to do something to get out of this hardship right and they know
0: the route through education is a stepping stone to anything you want to be yeah so i think there's there's something that you know people that are from the caribbean can can kind of look to their african brothers and sisters and say look these people you know who are are from the continent africa where things might have been a bit harder there they really recognise the opportunity they have in the UK um, is in regards to the, the education system. And they're really focused on making sure they excel beyond just the past, you know, beyond just the past. Because, because it, it, regardless of where you come from, I think all young people have the capacity to excel beyond, you know, the status quo, you know. But oh, you do need... Most definitely, but you just need... You just need that drive. Yeah, and, you need, and I think you need the, the parents behind you as well. You need parents that are motivated
1: in that same way. Not to knock the parents. Maybe, I don't know, when, when I was growing up, my mum had two free jobs, I didn't really see her. Mm. So do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know their situation. Yeah. Maybe mum's always at work. She could be a single parent. I don't know. But I'm not blaming nothing on single parent because I'm from a single parent. Yeah. And I never made that excuse because my dad wasn't with me. I've turned out a certain way mm-hmm. and keep hopping on about it. No. Yeah. Okay? No. Yeah. You it's find that way. Making your luck, taking your chances in life. Yeah. Yeah, all for right? sure. we all on the same um, playing field at the end of the day.
0: And me, I, I, I take my hat off to, to parents that bring up children alone, you know, um, because it, it's not easy, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. And there are a lot of single parents and mostly it's the women, you know, that, that have to raise, you know, the young children coming up. So, yeah. you know, hats off to them. And, and if they do find it challenging, I suppose it's about recognising that there's always somebody out there that can help and support you. You know, you're, you're not alone, you know.
1: Because I remember when I'm growing up, when my mum had to go work and uh, my mum's one of nine kids and had like three, four uncles, they would always come on and make sure we're, you know what I mean, to keep us in line. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's another thing, tapping into the wider community, you know, the wider family circle, you know, there might be, you know, uncles, aunties that are maybe not room. living in the same house, but they can help out as well. So, so, yeah, yeah. So it's about getting the support, for sure. But what I wanted to also ask you as well, with again, with you having a high um, uh, black community in, in your school, how has the whole uh, Black Lives Matter situation that we've been dealing with in 2020, how has that affected the young no, people? That
1: only, that only came to came, that only came to like where It's always been there when we were during, during COVID. So it's not really, nothing's really happened. We've got a group in which teachers were talking about certain things, how we can change the curriculum and, and things like that. But nothing as yet. But I know in September it's going to be brought up again. Yeah. You know, it's going to be brought up, it's going to be brought up within the school community, within the wider community, mm. even, even Parliament. But mm. something has to be done mm. in order to educate not just black people, but every, everybody, about the history of black people before the transatlantic slavery happened mm-hmm. because that's where it begins. Well, in every in, in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's all they can, that's all they can um, talk about slavery and move forward. But there's a black history beyond that, beyond slavery Absolutely. or before slavery. Absolutely. You know, and it has to be, this has to be brought in the curriculum because, um, if I think of history, um, history in secondary school they talk about the industrial revolution Mm -hmm. what was the thing what spurred the industrial revolution where did the money come from it came from slavery Mm -hmm. you know so
0: yeah it's because something has to happen so has to do you you think they'll be changing the the curriculum anytime soon is that (laughs) I mean, um, yes. It sounds. It sounds like what you're saying is, is you know, obviously all of this has happened during the time of COVID, so you haven't actually been in school. It's but that, I don't know. Everyone talking about COVID, but mm. it has to change, okay? And
1: certain people are going to demand change. Yeah. And we, as a black community, we need to keep harping on about. We need to change the curriculum. Mm. Yeah. You know, if you've been in primary school, we learn about Vikings and Romans. Yeah. We didn't know nothing about ourselves. It's only when I, I went to school in the in the 70s, it's only when Roots came on,
2: mm.
1: or that film Zulu, yeah, when that came on, mm. yeah, that's all we, well, that's we get to, got to know. But all we got to know is we were in we were we were inferior, okay, well, it was colonized by, by by the white Europeans, mm-hmm. taught about their religious systems because we were, apparently we were heathens. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, there's a lot, we have a lot of deep, deep history in which um,
0: I don't even know a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm willing to learn. Yeah. We, we definitely all could learn a bit more to be fair. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how old were you the first time you uh, recognised any racism or, or realised that your colour, the colour of your skin, um, would not, be an we're, issue we're for other people? Oh, when I was in
1: primary school, yeah, I, mem- I remember back in the day, this must be night, must be 1973, 1974. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in primary school. we always go to a shop and get these sweets, so you can get ten pence worth of halfpenny sweets. Okay, but in this, in the, in the, in these, in these packets, they've had, they've got this little sweet called Blackjack. Do you remember them?
0: Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, they are called Blackjack. But the rapper of the Blackjack, what, what is it? It's a gollywog. That's right. Yeah, and I remember I remember a white boy saying, "Oh, that looks like you." Mm. I must have given him what for. I tell you that much. But it looks like me, <laughs> you know. But I remember. Must have been a whole week outside the headmistress office.
0: Yeah. So was that was it was that the first time you realised that um, your your colour was a thing for to be mocked or to? Not
1: really, not really, not really. Because being in Hackney, everyone was well. I remember. I don't know. We had. I can count the white people in my class in, on one hand. Okay. So there wasn't really a lot of white people. Do you understand? Yeah. Everyone was from either Ireland or they're from Africa or they were Asian. Mm. There wasn't really a lot of white people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you went like on a school trip or that, you notice everyone's looking at you like you, you, you're from the moon.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? Okay. All right. So it really, wasn't really as I was growing up or in my community, it's when I went out of my community. Okay. To the wider community.
2: Right.
0: That's
1: when I realized race was a big problem for some people. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or the color of my skin. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad that um, as you know, as, as children, how, how many children will have to have that realization as a child that you know what, just because they were born a different color to somebody else, it's, that alone is going to become an issue. You know.
1: And, in my community, it wasn't because everyone was black. Yeah. Well, everyone was okay. Then everyone was of of color. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was it yeah. really no white, Caucasian, English people?
0: Yeah. And the the truth is, regardless of you know people's bigoted views, etc., you can still strive and succeed. And you're you're living testimony to that. You know, you've gone into the army. You've gone into teaching for the past 20 years. So any, any bigotry or any hurdles that were put in your way, they may have been there, but you found a way to go over them, under them or around them.
1: In life, you gonna come across a lot of negative barriers. Mm. You just have to go across these barriers by any means necessary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You may have to, I don't know, you may have to fight at some t- at times or just pacify them with, with what you know and your knowledge. Mm. You know, but don't, it is hard, it is hard. Mm. You know, yeah. it is hard but you just we just have to just know what you want in life mm-hmm. okay and just just have just have a vision and just stick to that vision yeah. no matter how hard it may be at that
0: time for sure for sure mm-hmm. so so with uh, with the new challenge that we're all having to deal with being covid-19 um, how has that affected you personally with you and your family
1: Four. Oh i tell you something, it brought me and my family closer together. Mm. Because
2: family,
1: family members I haven't seen for a long, long time, I've now got time to go and see them. It's given me a lot of time.
0: Mm.
1: Social distancing, though,
0: yeah. know, in between.
1: In lo- yeah, social distancing in between. <laughs> it's, given me, it's given us a lot of time to get each other. and just, 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 just reflect yeah. on what's important and the importance of your family. Mm. Because I know within the West Indian community, family was very important.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, it was very, very important. And mm-hmm. how important it is now. But when I grew up, your family is very important, and it's not just your blood family. it Could be your mum's friend; she's your aunt. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. If she thought you're doing something on the road, she could she can chastise you. Absolutely. Whereas now, if you try that now, I don't know. You might be you might you might get a verbal abuse from the young person. Mm, yeah. But more um, no disrespect to them, that's what they know. Yeah. You know, that's what they know. But it's not all of them. It is not all of them. I'm not, for my, well, I'm not saying all the young people are bad. It's mm. not all of them.
0: Mm. Well, you're in a school that's full of a cohort of young people that are doing really well. So, you know, it's, that's living testimony to the fact that they're not oh, all bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, do. they, don't, they don't just do well, they do, they do you know what? They, they do excellent. You know, if you ever go on my school website, you will see
2: mm.
1: what it, they do. They do things for charity. They visit Thailand every two years mm. to do things for orphanage. They collect money. They do charity, very charitable stuff. Mm. I think it all got to do with the ethos of the school and the Catholics and the, and the Catholic Church.
2: Okay. You
1: know, mm. they always they're always doing something.
2: Mm.
1: And also, we within the school the ethos of the school. Um, you wear that badge of pride. So if you do something on the, on the roads, which is, and everyone knows you're from Sacred Heart School, you'll be, you'll be dealt with accordingly because you're bringing the school's name into disrepute. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because, actually, if if some of these, these young people kind of had that ethos in regards to their family, in regards to their community, like, you know, if I'm out there on the street getting involved in these criminal activities or, or this negative behavior, I'm a reflection of my house. I'm a reflection of my community. So the way how you know, you've got them talking about that with their badge, maybe they need to hear that about the wider community as well, because it's, you know, the badge is one thing, but your family, it should, be, should mean more to you than the badge. You know? But I think the, having the badge and, and having that connection to the badge and saying, look, you represent the badge, so don't be out there disrespecting yourself or the badge, you know, have that same ethos when you're when you're not wearing the badge because you still represent something bigger than yourself, and that's your family, that's your community.
1: Yeah, and going on to that, with this, um, they talk about gangs and everything like that. Mm. They always now they're seeing not their family as a, as their family, they're seeing gang members as their family.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it's all changed now, and we need we need to bring it back to for their family to be their family, Mm -hmm. not someone telling them, Oh, you can make this amount of money if you do this, this and this. No. It's your it's your it's it's your parents, Mm. is your family, it's your cousins, it's your your brother, your sister. That's what matters in life.
0: And whose job would you say that is, to get that mindset into these young people? Everyone's job.
1: That's everyone that's between that's between the home and the school. Yeah. You know, that's a home school agreement. Mm. You know, also getting the child on board as well, because kids are very influential. Mm. Okay, they're very influential in which what they what they what they hear, what they see on the TV or what music they're listening to. Mm. Okay, it will determine how they will act act a certain way. Mm.
0: And I suppose as well what they what they see around them, you know, on the street or what they see their older peers doing, maybe maybe their older peers that are twenty five thirty five even forty five I think I think men women of, of various ages need to be mindful that kids are watching you know and whether they tell you that they're learning from you they're learning from you so if you're if you're a forty fifty year old man and you're not carrying yourself accordingly, you may be mm-hmm. still caught up in 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 street life or you know you might even be working but you you still do some negative stuff out in the community you have to be mindful that Young people are watching you, and there might be young people that know you, or they might they might not know you, but they will look at you as an Mm -hmm. elder in some way. You know that's where I'm going. That's that's what I'm going to be. So I think you know all of us need to be mindful all the time that you know whatever I'm putting out there in the world, however I carry myself, it's going to impact young people. It's going to impact everybody who sees it. To be fair, but young people are so susceptible, and especially if you look like them. You know, if you look like them, if you speak like them, if you come from where they come from, they're looking at you as this is who I could potentially be like. So if you've got young people, say the young people in your school, and all they're seeing is positive um, examples of people that look like them, then it's going to be more easier for them to emulate that, you know. But also, I really believe it's also one of the things is um, us letting these young people know there is another way to do things. And not just telling them there's another way to do it, showing them the route. So I, yeah. I, I often think about all of the, um, you know, the people of African descent that are on the stock market, that are in property mm-hmm. development, that are teachers, that are doctors, that are scientists, them coming back into schools or into the community and showing, look, these are the other things you can do, one, but this is the route to take. These are the specific, like, you need to get these kind of grades and then you need to start looking at these colleges and then you need to start looking at these universities, you know. I think that sort of stuff could be done more. And then also also the work done with the parents as well, like, explain to them, look, we can do what we're doing at school, but you're going to have to do these things. If you're If you're letting your kid get away with this at home, like you said, you guys... Would, would go out of your way to go to the child's house and, and and remove certain things to get them on the right track you know it's getting the parents on board as well because I mean parenting is a is a really hard job and there is no template to it but the truth is as parents you don't know what you don't know so sometimes you do need to be humble enough to say look show me you know let, let me know what what I can be doing better, especially if you're a single parent as well, because, you know, we, we only have 100% of ourselves to give at the end of the day, yeah. you know, yeah. so, and there's only so much you can do. And if, you, if you've, got, you've, got cho- you've got one children's bad enough, but if you've got multiple children and you're at home and it's yeah. just you, you, need, you do need support, you know, and there's nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying, look, I need support and I need to know how to, to, yeah. to, to build I've my tribe and support I've, my child. When you've
1: got, got multiple children, mm. The younger ones will look what the older one is doing.
0: Absolutely.
1: The yeah. older child has to be a good role model for the younger ones. Yeah. Yeah. The, for know, sure. They have to they have to they have to, you know, they have to take on, on board. I've got a young brother and sister. Whatever I do, they're gonna copy what I'm I'm doing. So I can't be upset when they start behaving bad. Definitely.
0: They've they've seen what I've done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely. And, and discipline, discipline. I mean, like you said, your school's heavy on the discipline and respect. And, and for me, those are things that, you know, you need as parents, that needs to be starting to be instilled from day one, you know, them first seven years is so important. I mean, a a lot of the times you find parents um, trying to readdress those problems once the kids are teenagers. And, but generally by that time, you can pull them back and you can, you can do all of that, but it's an uphill struggle. You know, because they're already... I mean, when, once you hit your teenage years, you feel like a superhero. You know, you feel yeah. like you know everything and everybody that's telling you anything don't know what they're talking about. You know, and you think you're a young man or lady or woman. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you've, then you can't... Discu- I mean, in fact, how, how do you feel um, social media? Because obviously that's something that's impacted our young people. Well, the social world a lot. How, how has that impacted young people in your 20 years? Because you, you must have seen the difference from the time when there was yeah. no social media to yeah, social yeah. media just coming in and people not knowing what to do with it to now it's like, it's like breathing. Yeah, it's like, oh,
1: keep, we've got a policy once you come into school because the beginning of the school day in our school, sorry to digress a bit, mm. starts off with all the whole school lining up in the playground. Right. So the whole school lines up in the playground, head teacher has them in silence. Then their form shooter would come, come down, inspect their uniform, haircuts, anything like that. Anything which is not deemed to be um, Appropriate. In, of the school, you're going home to change it. So if you've got trainers and you ain't got your shoes, you're going home to put your shoes on. Mm-hmm. If you've got a haircut with lines in that, you go and get a haircut, number one. Mm-hmm. But they know this. Mm-hmm. You understand? They know this, so from from the offset, they know. Right. Whereas a lot of schools, soon as the kids come, soon they come through, they're already in the classroom waiting for the teacher. Mm. No, we deal with the problem outside. Mm. And a lot of we get a lot of teachers from other schools thinking, "Why is the school so so successful?" Yeah. So when we when we tell them about our procedures, we go through, they say, "Oh yeah, that's true, that, that's yeah. But it's not it's not rocket science. Yeah. Yes. Once they come we'll get them all in one place in silence okay uniform is checked everything's checked then they go up to their form rooms mm. we also do something we we'll call Friday night detention if they um got two misdemeanors for the week they break the school rules twice in a week they do an hour on Friday okay if they if they break the rules three times they do 2 hours on a Saturday morning in full school uniform you tell me he want to wake up in their bed on Saturday morning
0: to come to school for two hours. On Saturday, you have them back at school, yeah? Saturday morning. Saturday morning detention. Wow. That's good. Don't that's come. If they don't, if they don't turn up Saturday
1: morning, no problem. You come eight o'clock with your parents explain yourself to the head teacher. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
1: At the head teacher's discretion. I
2: like that. I like that's that. good. Yeah.
1: And when the parents say they've got work and that, he's not listening. Mm you know he's not listening yeah. he just says to them if you don't like it
0: find a new school so is, is this the first school you worked in? or you no, worked in various schools?
1: second school I worked in a school in Hackney mm. which was closed down the boys school all boys school in Hackney okay was closed down in 2006
2: mm.
1: and I've been working at Sacred Heart since the January of 2007
0: okay because uh, I mean what I was asking is because this you've you found a school that's, that's not only in line with your values, it seems, but it's a school that's in line and resembles somewhat of your army career, because it's quite, oh, yeah. it's quite it's military very, in the very way they... Regimented. Yeah. It's very regimented. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you must feel and, right at home.
1: Yeah. Sometimes when we take kids, so but we take kids who've been excluded from other schools, mm. but then they, oh, they'll, they'll try it at first, but when they realise that all the kids are good, you're not going to be naughty when all the kids are good. Mm. You understand? That's so they right. have to they have to come in line. Yeah. yeah, they have to come in line. That's right. You know, it's weird. People often yeah. often say, "Oh, we're the school; we can only pass exams. We're mm. an exam factory." But we're more to it. We're more trust me. For sure. The kids who come out of our school, they're they they you know they're more than just being able to pass exams.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. They do charitable work. They do like they do like Duke of Edinburgh. Mm okay they do music concerts mm-hmm. okay they they do so much they add like, value to the community it sounds like yeah we get, we get a rounded child at mm-hmm. christmas time we have something called a tea dance so we go to all around all the nursing home and get all the old people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we have a tea dance the kids have to collect um food that we do like food hampers and give it to the less privileged. privilege yeah you know the school does a lot in the community so when you travel on you see that gray uniform kids are acting in certain place certain way okay found the school if we find out who it is i'm sure
0: that child will be disciplined yeah yeah for sure you no know? so just just going back to to what i alluded to before in regards to social social media like i said you you've been in the, the field for 20 years um, so you would have been in, in, in there in a time when there was no social media and then social media come along and people are trying to work out how to do it. But then you've got social media is embedded fully in, in society. And how, how has that impacted the young people, would you say? It could be positive or it could be
1: negative. Well, social media, is, is, it, is, it, is it just Snapchat and Facebook? Mm. And we've got WhatsApp. But then it could be a positive thing. Sometimes, I don't know, they want to write something down. Or they miss what the teacher was saying the homework is they can just they can just you know what I mean they can you can just email it to them,
2: yeah okay.
1: you know what I mean so It's good in that respect mm. but but the other things oh
2: mm.
1: i don't I don't know man, but um, the jury's still out on so, what social the, the strength of social media and social media is very strong,
0: yeah, but yeah
1: it can be positive as well it doesn't need to always be negative
0: yeah absolutely, absolutely i think I think, I
1: think find, social. As well, well mm. okay, Like we can search the kid. by going to into kid's phone, I can go into their phone. Mm-hmm. I can find out Snapchat who they've been bullying. Who they, do you understand? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's um. I don't know. It's a positive and a negative,
0: right? But
1: yeah. you can use it to your advantage, especially when you want to find things out. Mm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah. I mean, if no, for sure, it is it's definitely something that's positive or negative, and it does depend on. It's, well, it's,
1: it's, highly, it's highly influential within the young community.
0: And highly addictive, I think, as well. I yes. mean, I well, think, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's for everybody. You know, people you people know. can't put down their phones, let alone stay If you walking down the road, people just, just pay no to their own phone. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. But, you know, it's it's here and, you know, it's just about us learning how to use it more productively i think for me the, the the big issue that i see with not just social media i think with just screens and whether that be the tv whether that be phones whether that be your pc your laptop the amount of time that people are sitting stuck in front of a screen is yeah. not healthy it's not natural and i think the balance i think that's something that we need to address because especially with young people young people are, are not able to I don't feel able to develop as balanced as maybe you were when you grew up because you had to interact. You had to interact with people. You had yeah. to speak to people. You had and to work our out. Conversation, yeah. Our conversation now gone. Yes, yes. So. To them
1: with a little screen in front of them. Yeah, yeah. So then I think. The parent, okay, or the adult around them to say, no, put down your phone. We're going to talk.
0: Yeah. We're going to converse. Yeah. And balance. And it doesn't mean okay. not to use the computer and the screens but it's just it's just having the balance There's a, time and There's a, know, time and a time and
1: place so basically it's not around a dinner table
0: mm. yeah oh for yeah, sure no. for sure that that definitely no, should no. happen but how many how many parents would tell their young people not to have it around a dinner table but they'll still be on their phone that's oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. conversation in itself yeah. do as I say not as I do often yeah. comes to mind so yeah no. but look um, I, I really, really appreciate what you're doing in the world and, and in the community. You're really, you know, you've been 20 years doing what you've been doing, you know, and you've even served for Queen and Country. You know, you spent your time and thank goodness you you made it back safely and were able to to give to the community the way you have been, you know. So I'm, I'm sure the listeners and myself, uh, re- we really appreciate that. And, and long may it last, you know, you, you've, you've obviously got a lot to give and you're obviously in in a school that is really in line with you, you know? So, you know, you're, yeah, I, I just just thank you, you know? And um, and yeah, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully they s- look at the curriculum and, and and add the things that are missing, you know, the, the things in they regards to history. It in my time in teaching, but it has to happen. Yeah, yeah. I hope um,
1: the black community push, pushes it for it to happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and
1: keep, keep, keep the pressure going the pressure going yeah the key black lives do matter every life matters but um, black lives do matter 100% that's my that's my slogan
0: yeah so I've got I've got a couple last couple of things I just wanted to ask you before we wrap up Um what advice would you give a 20 year old Peter Sango a 20 year old Peter Sango yeah (laughs) um 20
1: year old Peter Sango would be to work hard, mm-hmm. okay, and fulfill your dreams. And don't let anyone tell you you can't do what, what's in your head, Okay. all right? That's what I would say
0: to them. Okay. And you could be anything you want to be. Okay, excellent, thank you. And the last one, what do you do for enjoyment outside of work? What do I do for enjoyment? Yeah. Um, what do I do
1: for enjoyment? Um, I stop playing sport. I try and socialise and be with my family. And just um, take every day as, as it comes. Mm-hmm. And try to have a smile on my face, which everyone told me I've never got on my face, but there you go. <laughs> you know. yeah. Live life to the fullest, man. Live your dreams. Yeah. Do, don't live in regret. Because yeah. right? one thing I do do, I travel a lot travel to a whole, whole lot of countries which I wouldn't be able to if, if I wasn't in the profession I, I am you know Yeah, yeah. so live life to the fullest
0: okay perfect well thank you thank you again for you know sp- spending this time with us we weren't on for a bit longer oh, than we thought it would thank you Pablo thank you well, it's a for me to be on your show and I hope I can come back again Definitely. The door's always open for you, Peter. Thank you. Really appreciate that. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join us on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.